All right, I guess we're going to start. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for a Twitter space with my favorite linguist, Dr. Caitlin Green. Hello, Caitlin. How are you? Hello. It always tickles me when you call me that. <laughs> what? Your favorite Stop. linguist. Feels good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was... You're talking about Caitlin. Oh. <laughs> no, I get called that on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. We will be chatting about all sorts of right-wing nonsense today. So I am quite excited. And um, let's see. Caitlin, I was in your exotic country of, uh, what's it called again? United States of America? Close Just enough. recently? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Welcome. I was in <laughs> Texas. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm back home now. Um, but uh, Texas was interesting. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I have never seen so many bizarre bumper stickers, so many home gun home decor items. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, well, as a coastal elite, I can't really relate, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also congratulations on having, uh, you know, an ex-president uh, with a mugshot now. I huh? know, isn't that thrilling? Mm -hmm. the, the exact uses of that symbol have yet to reveal themselves, but um, people are trying. <laughs> People are trying. People are they really are. out what they can do with it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The right-wing cope around that mugshot has Ooh. been something else. Yeah, I mean, nothing, like, invigorates a group of weirdos like having a big <laughs> L. Like, that. that's something for them to rally around, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, they are fully changing the meaning of words here. I thought they were very against language evolving but like overnight the meaning of punk has changed to absolute loser that has been one of the more painful like conservative lines and i remember <laughs> when I, I was in high school like what 20 years ago and i remember this being a thing people would say because i grew up in arizona so i haven't always been a coastal elite mm. um, and uh and there would be st students in my like cohort that would be like, oh, well, as a Christian, I'm a real punk, you know, <laughs> because it's not, <laughs> because we're the counterculture, like wait, waiting until marriage is punk. And like, they're still oh, doing whoa, it 20 wow. years later. Wow. Okay. So the first time I encountered that like total opposite meaning of punk was I think maybe 2015, 2014. I remember Infowars Paul Joseph Watson started using it and was like, conservatism is the new counterculture or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up not religious, but obviously I was like surrounded by people who were. And so we mm. would sometimes like if you wanted to have a sleepover with your friend, you would have to also go to church with them in the morning. Um, oh, <laughs> and so sometimes I would go to you know those really big churches where they play rock music, <laughs> like Christian uh -huh, rock, and they, uh -huh, uh -huh. they have a whole setup there, and and that's where that language would come out. Um, is like trying to appeal to the youths, I guess. Ah, 
I see. I mean, to be fair, I've only been to church, I think, twice in my life. And that's because I grew up in an Islamic theocracy where churches were absolutely not allowed. Right. (laughs) But uh, as a grown-up, I did get invited to a baptism once and Ah. also a wedding. Yes, it was fascinating, to be honest. Um, I was amazed by how, (laughs) how much, like, they were talking about the sins of this, like, baby Yep. That had barely done anything. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. My brother. Like, this and I feels were both weirder. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> See, it feels weirder to me because it's like in plain English that you can understand, right? And that yeah, is almost working working against them because even in Ar- like Arabic is the official language, right? Um that Islam is practiced in and whether you speak Arabic or not, you read the Quran in Arabic, whether you understand what you're saying or not, you pray in Arabic. And that uh, almost works for them because you don't really know the kinds of things you're saying. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, I feel like even the Lord's prayer and stuff, like even though it's in English, you, because it's so ritualized and like Mm. so repetitive, you kind of don't think about what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but when like the priest or uh, the priest is trying to be hip and young and yeah. throw in jokes, but then he's also talking right. about the sins of this like barely existent baby, and you're like, eh. oh, that's just a baby, and also it's a baby that we love, so please don't say yeah. that about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm happy to report I did not burst into flame oh, either. Congratulations! Of those times. You you know Thank it's always you. a risk. It is. I thought I thought for sure this is my first time setting foot into a church. I'm gone. But no, no, I survived it. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out <laughs> they have no power over us. <laughs> it's like that uh, line in the labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, all right, so what are we talking about first? Can we can we please talk about Jordan Peterson first? Oh, There's yeah, so absolutely. much to say. He's my favorite beardo. <laughs> He's just too much fun. He, you know, that has to be half of his appeal. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I'm sorry, but we also are at fault for that. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, we, because we like to talk about him and that's what he wants, I right? <laughs> right, right. And that's why he wears these crazy ass suits. Yeah. It's for us to be like, what is happening? Are you a Batman <laughs> villain? <laughs> a very poorly dressed Batman yeah. villain. Um. Yeah, his so I saw him talking with his daughter like before he attended the presidential debate, and he's like, his daughter was like, "Oh, you know, I love your suit," and he's like, "Ha ha ha! Isn't it ridiculous?" Like he's acknowledging it's ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, "But but you know, I'm in America, and Americans are so theatrical. I just wanted to fit in with the crowd." And yeah, because Jordan Peterson's never been theatrical. Yeah, yeah, side. of course not. It's only <laughs> for the Americans. And also, he made it entirely about himself. If it was like MAGA theatrical or something, like to do with Republicans, right. it would make sense. But he wrote his own name on his suit two times. Not Yeah, once. and it was like blue and yellow, right? It should have been like red. <laughs> oh, no, it was red and oh, was. orange and black and gray oh i don't know it was so many colors but think of traffic cones yeah it should have been like u.s flag themed right if he was going to be making it about the event and about where he was no no yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely about himself and trying to bring relevance to himself. And he had his own like stupid logo on the back. Right. Which is um, his signature because you know, he thinks he's J.R. Tolkien or something. <laughs> it's so bad though. Like from a design perspective, it's so bad and complicated and logos yeah. are not supposed to be like that. And um, yeah, he printed that on the back of his suit and also his signature, but then he also printed his signature on one of his mismatched lapels. And right. I don't know what was going on there. Well, it was not like If he loses it at bizarre. camp, then they'll know whose mom <laughs> to send it back to. It's just practical. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah, he is, has recently been very upset at the... Uh, College of Psychologists of Ontario because his uh, he's been told to take some social media training, which is really the bare fucking minimum that right. one of the world's most famous like professionals, <laughs> sadly, uh, psycho professional psychologists is can do if they're acting this way in public. Right. He said this training caused a suicide. And that's why I shouldn't have to do it. Mm, which is total BS. It's just made up, yeah. Is this... I'm trying to remember if it's the same guy that um, they put an empty chair out for at the free speech conference. I, I don't know about that story, but this is about a principal in, a, in an Ontario school, I believe. I think he was made to take some diversity training. Oh, that's a different guy he, then, yeah. He was being, I don't know, he wasn't cooperating, and I guess he felt humiliated in the training because they're like, well, why are you saying this stuff? Or I don't know the exact details. There's so many of these stories. It's hard to rattle off all the details off the top of my head. Sure. But Well, and every anyways, anecdote has, like, a very loose relationship with the truth. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy did... You know, it's unfortunate. He did commit suicide, and that sucks. But, like, that you can't blame, like, just diversity training for that, right? We don't right. know what else was happening in his life, what his mental state was like. And if you're going to talk about suicide, there are so many people who commit suicide because they're not accepted for who they are. Right. Yeah. And in fact, like teachers can actually be uh, instruments in that kind of uh, push, <laughs> you know, we, right. I would, I would never accuse like an individual uh, principal or teacher of causing somebody's death, but mm. they can definitely be a part of the, uh, you know, series of things that, that make somebody feel that hopeless and that unloved and unsupported. Right, right. And that's not really something that they seem to care about, especially when they go on about, you know, trans people and trans kids and how, how much of a negative impact it has on their life and causes suicide even. If you take away their health care and their dignity and just basic human decency from interactions with people that are different from you, Um yeah, and speaking of, uh, it, one of the tweets that Jordan Peterson, uh, that they complained about to the uh, College of Psychologists of Ontario, 
was when Jordan Peterson said something like, I think someone was complaining about overpopulation on oh, yeah. the planet. And he was like, well, feel free to leave. Right. The planet. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the planet. Exactly. And that is just, you know, he's free to express his terrible opinions. But as someone that is a member of this governing body that is representing a you know, a profession, a regulated profession, like psychologists. He and, and he also lists like his profession as psychologist. He uses Dr. Jordan Peterson. He goes on massive platforms like Joe Rogan and right. uh, talks about, you know, how much he's doing as a psychologist. Yeah. So he, he has said that his lectures prevent suicides. Right, right. <laughs> so when you behave like that in public as a health care professional, mental health, physical health, you know, all kinds of health care out there, um, then I think it's, it's okay for you to have to face the consequences of your unprofessional behavior online. It's not a free speech issue. Right. Well, yeah. And this is a, this is where they sort of abuse the free speech concept. Um, it turns out there are professional standards and if you don't meet them, then your professional society gets to take action about it. That's not yeah. really relevant to the concept of free speech as like a political or legal right. Exactly. Which he is desperately trying to make it about. He's trying to make it sound like oh he complained about justin trudeau and he's not allowed to complain about the leader because communism in canada or something that's right and you're all a bunch of maoists <laughs> so um yeah that's uh why he's being silenced for political opinions which it's it's absolutely not about that i mean some of the things that the college put forward were like you know they said that some of his tweets may be, quote unquote, degrading the profession or the reputation right. of the profession or raising questions about his abilities as a psychologist or, you know, just like yeah. messing with how like just messing with people's perception of the profession. It's yeah. he's an embarrassment, like officially he's an embarrassment. Yeah. And this comes down to a different kind of freedom, which is freedom of association. Right. They Mm. their right to not have him be a member in good standing has to be respected as well. Because he, yeah, of course. You know, he, by him continuing to be a member in good standing, it does cast doubt on the quality of all the other people who are. Mm. And, and it could exactly. make people feel like they shouldn't be pursuing treatment with those people. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what he has to say about it. I think I've done demonstrably more than any psychologist has ever produced to increase the prestige and trust of the practice of psychology around the world. That there, is a quote. There is a book that I love called, uh, I think it's Language in the Era of Trump or something along those lines. And this feels like it fits right into that book. Uh, <laughs> it is such Trumpian language, right? Like the yeah. extreme... Uh, superlatives. I've done the most out of anybody. Uh, mm. I, I make everything that I touch better. Everybody loves what I do. And they, you know, I could go on Fifth Avenue and punch someone in the face or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it is very Trumpian to just like not hold back at all with the superlatives. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's also threatened like people that have criticized him. Like there was one guy who wrote an article about him, and he's like, "I should slap you." Yeah, right. <laughs> and just how is that professional? Well, it's not. And I do really love <laughs> because people who are fans of him, they will throw out words about him that just like do not make any sense because they'll be like, "Oh, I love Jordan Peterson because he's so neutral and measured, um, and <laughs> and objective." <laughs> And it's like someone wrote an article about him and he said he wanted to slap them. What do you mean? He said he'd done the most out of any psychiatrist ever to elevate the, the field. What about that is neutral and measured? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's like two different planets, really, right? Uh, yeah. How do I mean, you... it, to me, it's like pretty explainable by like motivated reasoning, right? Like, you want a thing to be true, and so you just sort of, like, pretend that the evidence is there for it. Yeah. Even his own, like, 12 rules, he contradicts them all the fucking time. Right. Because that he does not all post hoc. It's all, you know, sprinkled on after. Yeah. There's a, a, this, like, really popular picture of him sitting in a dump of a room. Absolutely has not cleaned his room before a public... Um, you know, capture was taken of him. And uh, he often does not stand up straight with his shoulders back and uh, be precise in your speech. That one always gets me because there is no one more imprecise. Yeah. Then oh, what do yeah. you mean by you? What do you mean by what? What do you mean by do? You can't measure you know? the climate because the climate is everything. Everything. Exactly. It's everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that that one is the one because like I understand having an ideal that you like fail to meet, you know, like maybe you have a, a depressive episode and your house looks like shit. Like, OK, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. You know, like you had mm. you had an ideal and you, you weren't able to meet it because you had a lot of problems like, OK, but this the the precise in your speech thing, like there's never been a second in his life where he was precise in his speech. <laughs> you know, like I just don't see it as a value that he has. <laughs> <laughs> right yet he recommends it to everybody else <laughs> yeah but never Absolutely. in his life it's not i think he thinks he's above it you know like he yes. shouldn't he shouldn't have to worry about being precise because his thoughts are the best thoughts and so he should just say them however he wants <laughs> that's right um yeah and also lately he's moved on to being very angry at symbols on maps do you remember last time we spoke, he was um, angry about paper towels and the, the tyranny, uh, right. the petty tyranny well, of a paper towel dispenser. Politely reminding me to only use as many paper towels as I need, that's, that's authoritarianism, right? That's yes. a gulag is what that is. Yes, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, enforced monogamy, shutting down entire departments because you don't like them. In fact, shutting down universities totally mm -hmm. because they're too woke. Uh, that's that's fine. Well, that's saving people from authoritarianism. So whatever I do in service of that is obviously fine. Right. And um, the other thing he's <laughs> the symbols, please, as a linguist, please talk to me a little bit about. What's going on with Peterson? Right. And, uh, so the idea that a weather service would use a little fire icon 
to help indicate locations where fires are burning, that seems uncontroversial, right? Unless you're Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> so just to explain to people who may not have seen his so, tweet, you know. Yeah, it was yeah go a, on. It was like a map of the Northwest, I guess, uh, showing where the wildfires are. Um, and each one, ha- it, each one was marked by like a little picture of a flame, almost like a f- the flame emoji you get. Uh, and Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson was like so mad and he tweeted, <laughs> do you really think that they're that size? <laughs> Which like, no, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> because they're an icon. <laughs> and he said something like you pathetic lying shill. Yeah, he was very upset and he considered it like, yeah, the height of dishonesty. And I think that, you know, for a person who started his career being an expert on symbols, um, this is a really interesting choice to get mad about a pretty normal use of symbols. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I there's just so much going on with him. Like, I don't know how yeah. he's going to go down in history, but there's well, a lot to talk. Yeah. The reactionary mind <clears throat> needs to always be upset. And so he will find something to be upset about. And if it's not a real thing, oh, well, we'll move on to the next thing and see if we can get upset about that next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the the climate change stuff he is very mad about and inconsistent yeah. about. Because sometimes I think he says he believes in it, but people are kind of exaggerating. But sometimes he totally doesn't believe yeah. in it. And when he was talking to his daughter uh, before the presidential debate he was saying that you know the left is sacrificing the poor to Gaia and it's just so ridiculous firstly he tries to do this spin where like he's suddenly now you know super concerned about the poor and that's why he wants to cling on to fossil fuels forever because it's the poor that are going to suffer right and the the left who should be, you know, advocating for the poor man, yeah. uh, have sacrificed them to well, yeah, this the is, earth goddess. This is like the right-wing reactionary populism playbook. You have to say that you're on the side of the people and that the people support you, even when it's not true, right? This is like silent majority stuff. This is like calling Republican voters blue collar, even though they all seem to have access to private mm. jets. Mm -hmm. or or like gated neighborhoods or whatever um Mm. and and you know the 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 socioeconomic status breakdown of elections going back ages shows that richer people vote red and poorer people vote blue on average Mm. uh and they just cannot have that be true because they're trying to make a, a claim to like you know populist uh populist appeals um, mm-hmm. and, and it's so that they can get away with essentially s- stripping rights away and stripping protections mm-hmm. away from, uh, people. Cause you can't just be like, I think that, uh, social safety nets should be stripped away because I just think so. And I'm very smart. You have to be like, no, this is what the poor people want. This is what mm-hmm. working class people want. They don't want handouts. They want to lift themselves up. So we have to give them the freedom to do that. And that's why I'm taking away their health care and their labor protections and their, you know, tax breaks and everything. Right, right. Yeah. 
because it just doesn't work if you're just like, ah, we the rich people have decided you should have less. Like that's never going to appeal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they're trying. <laughs> that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simultaneously, he talks about how rich he is, how much money he's making, how successful he is. But then he also tweets out links to um, GoFundMe. I mean, even his own fans were not fully on board with this because they're like, dude, like, it feels wrong to give you money for this yeah. false free to, speech thing that you've created. You have to walk that line very carefully when you're a, a reactionary grifter like that. Like, you have to convince everybody that who they all believe that a meritocracy is here and we're living in it. Right. And so you can't be like, and I also don't have any money because that suggests that you don't deserve any, but you also mm. need their money. So <laughs> <you have to laughs> oh yeah. It's a complicated uh, web that they trap themselves in. Right. And uh, sometimes so you, their audience you have falls to, for it. Yeah. You have to simultaneously be like mighty and untouchable and also being attacked by horrible monsters. And mm. it happens every time, right? This is what happens in the cancel culture stuff, right? Like, um, I'll go back to Pinker because I have the most data on him, obviously. Mm. Um, but he would always do that. He'd be like, they're trying to cancel me. The woke mobs are after me, but I will be fine. Uh, but also they're after me, <laughs> but, but I'm okay. <laughs> But they're going to try to get me. <laughs> and you just have to do that dance all the time. Oh, that's exhausting, though. Yeah, it is. Well, you yeah. have to rely heavily on your friends at Unheard and Quillette and the New York Times and the Atlantic and the Washington Post. And they will help mm. you out. They'll help you spread the word. And they're so silenced at the same yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got 12 different high-powered journalists on speed dial, but you are silenced. Yeah constantly mm -hmm. yeah your lectures get millions of views on youtube and that's how silenced you are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, be precise in your speech but also never be precise in your speech yeah it's all every value is kind of temporary because it's in service of something else right 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 um yeah and uh, the thing with Pinker that I found interesting recently was, remember that guy, that um, that right-wing influencer that had this whole story written up about him? Oh, yeah, um, Richard Hanania. Hanania, I yeah. Love I love him. He's amazing. He uh, managed to create a think tank that's pretty much just uh, all, almost all the money just as salary for him. Um, and that's really inspiring. <laughs> Yeah. Um he was and also he got paid like a, out by a quarter million a year. Cuz why not? Wonderful. Yeah. Cuz why not? Like white supremacists totally you deserve get that yours, kind of money. Buddy. That's right. And then yeah. as just like a final FU to the world, he named it like the Center for Investigation of like polarization or whatever it was. <laughs> Bias. <laughs> <laughs> We live in the dumbest timeline, it really seems do. like. I, it feels like I live in a cartoon world. <laughs> it really does, especially with the stuff that daily happens on Twitter. I will not be calling it the other stupid name, but... No. Yeah. Oh, I was just looking at it in the App Store, and their little subheading is Blaze Your Glory? What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> that was just something he tweeted out randomly. He's like, oh, that's the new tagline. 
Oh my god, okay. it's like a marketing fucking nightmare. What does that mean? Like people were joking, it means Twitter's going out in a blaze of glory and I mean, like, it does you know. feel that way. But he has that like 420 <laughs> thing, right? Like he loves yeah. to reference yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's the coolest person in the world. Not a loser at all. No, I'm sorry. We were talking about Richard Hanania and I got Yeah, that. yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um yeah. So this guy has you know made inroads with quite a lot of centrist thinkers they they love him and he says a lot of racist things even today and uh guess what shockingly it turns out he used to write for actual white supremacist websites um including richard spencer's i believe that's amazing and his little pseudonym was like barely a pseudonym it was like richard host or something right like, yeah 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 <laughs> he didn't even change the first name i mean he didn't even change his ideas really no and he still got popular amongst these centrists that are totally not right wing well yeah it's kind of hard to get uh really excited about the fact that he wrote for those like explicitly white supremacist and nazi blogs because he really would say like the exact same stuff just on twitter <laughs> under mm. his own name mm. and so you're like yeah those are the ideas that i expected him to have because they're right here in public <laughs> right exactly and i mean i've heard him say he's a fan of sam harris before and what we we discovered that uh pinker has like one paid subscription and guess who that's to that is wild to me that like he only subscribes to one twitter account out of all the accounts that exist and it's richard hanania's like that is <laughs> that is really poor image management. But you know, he's been reposting Hanania's articles for years. Like that yeah, was yeah. how I first heard of the guy was like, who is this person that Steven Pinker is promoting? Oh, he's very racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steven Pinker, the guy who wrote about uh the what was it, skull shape of yeah. Ashkenazi Jews or uh, it, I don't know, brain was, size? It was Jews and IQ, yeah. it was um, Jews and IQ, there we go. Uh, yeah, he has a whole lecture on YouTube that you can watch where he explains why Ashkenazi Jewish people have higher IQs than anybody else. Um, and that's just biological. That's that's what that is. It's uh, just a, an extremely normal intellectual. Yeah, uh, and you know the the actual gene sequence that causes the specific population of humans to have a to score higher on those tests is uh, well, we haven't found it yet, but we will. Uh, we five, will in about ten years. It's going to be five to ten years, and all the evidence will be there, and then you will have egg <laughs> on your face. <laughs> Right. Yes. Um, He's been going great. hard on the hereditarianism again recently. So obviously, I oh have, really? I have to log out to look because he has me blocked. Yeah, like he has everybody blocked. But um, oh, but guess what? We're about to. You know, blocking is going away. <laughs> we're going to be in Pinker's mentions again because uh, oh man, Get Elmo ready. is taking blocking away. I mean, look, he might want to own the libs and not allow them to block, but he's going to be pissing off <laughs> he's gonna be a lot of his set. friends. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, well, and, I, yeah, I went over to my like other account that isn't blocked by anybody, um, hmm. and they were all upset about this idea too. Like, they don't want us to have access yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the bright side of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that if he does get rid of blocking, that is going to be the thing that gets my account perma banned because I won't be able to resist 
Um, <laughs> like pinker blocking me was probably for my own good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Pinker is going hard on the hereditarianism again. Yeah, he really wants to make the case. And there's a few people on his team with him. He really wants to make the case that like you can be progressive and believe in hereditarianism. Um, mm. And so he's bringing up um, like other people who are hereditarians who say that like, well, we should use the knowledge that we get from hereditarian uh, quote unquote science to like make policy decisions that allow us to like protect yeah. the the low IQ populations. Oh god! <laughs> um, but you know, like we should be instituting social services. Like the left should be using hereditarianism as well. <laughs> like you know, like there's two problems. The first is that obviously, like none of these conclusions are supported by like reliable evidence. That's we've been there. You know. In at, at the very least, we have like Kevin Bird out there showing that like there's just no such thing as genetic races. Like you can't mm. you can't divide people up like that and on a, a genetic basis. It doesn't work. Mm. But that like so even if you know there weren't like a moral issue with it, like it just doesn't work on a, a scientific basis. Hereditarianism, it's just too it's just it just goes way too hard on just believing that one day we'll see the genes. Uh, and ignoring all the other things that impact a person's life, right? But then also, like, okay, let's say that hereditarianism is real and that, like, different races of people have different qualities because of their genes, and you can, like, you can predict that to a, some kind of reliability, right? Like, you can be precise about it. Like, oh, okay, when has it ever been okay to make policy decisions about a, a percentage tendency in a group. That's just like not something that you can do and have a world where people get the correct outcome. Right. If, right. if you're like, well, this group of people is like this, you know, six, 16% lower on the IQ tests. Um, so we should, if you're in that group, we should make a different decision about like what kind of school you go to or what kind of funding you get or whatever. Like, you're still going to have that group have a wide range of any measure. IQ, I don't care about IQ, but sure, IQ. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a sort of a, a, a bell curve, if you will, um, <laughs> array of people with different measures on, along that uh, axis, you know. And so then you're going to make the same decision for all of those people because a percentage of them have the measurement that you expect. Okay, what about all the rest of them? You just messed up their lives. Like, it just doesn't work on a policy level. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it's scientifically not sound and it's politically not sound. It just doesn't work. But he wants it to. And also, <laughs> why do they always try to, if they hate progressives and progressivism so much, why do they always try to convince people that they are on the left, that they are progressive, that they should still be used by progressives, and they never, like, embrace their actual right-wing identity? This is the... They always try to mask it. Aestheticization of politics, right? It's aesthetically not okay to be on the right. If you're all the way on the right. Even you know? to them. Yeah. Because the left are in control of culture or whatever it was that um, 
uh, Kevin said, <laughs> Kevin from, who was like, oh yeah, Trump isn't ruling class because of, uh, oh yeah, that reasons. was, that was, um, oh my God. Or was it Rod Dreher? Yeah. That was who it was. Anyway, uh, the, the, uh, it's, it's the idea that like all politics is actually just aesthetics. And when you go out there and you say things that like MAGA people would agree with, you still don't want to be wearing the red hat because it makes you look like a weirdo <laughs> and it makes people not want to associate with you. So you, you can say all the things, but wear your little professor hat instead and, and keep assuring people that you're a liberal and you're a progressive. Um, and so then they, mm-hmm. they will keep open ears about what you're saying. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can, that, that's the whole brand of the IDW right there. Like that is what they were created on pretending that they're on the left, but they just so happen to align with the right on everything that matters. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is very ironic that like Pinker likes to write about rationality because he's really banking on people making irrational choices when it comes to him he needs us to ignore his arguments and just look at his uh, curly white hair and his Harvard uh, (laughs) professorship, his, you know, his named chair professorship. He's got like the, you know, the the most prestigious job you can get. (laughs) All the photos that he's taken with brains in jars. Let's not forget those. Throughout his life. Like you can, Back to when his hair was yeah, I brown. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you can see him with his brains in jars. <laughs> I still haven't gotten one. I need a brain in a jar for my office. It's very important to me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Or one of those phrenology skills. Yeah, or both. Why not? How is anyone supposed to take me seriously as a thinker if I don't have a brain in a jar? <laughs> Absolutely. That is a fair point. <laughs> All right. So what, let's see, what else? Oh yeah. You uh, sent me this link to this uh, granola Nazi paper. Oh yeah. My friend that just seemed... had a paper come out. It's about granola Nazis. It's amazing. Everyone should read it. Um, it is a, like a, a subculture that we don't necessarily recognize or like pay attention to, but that people who work on like conspiracism or, um, just like s- sort of fascist s- subcultures are aware of for sure. Um, and it is this sort of like uh, crunchy granola lefty looking, but actually like pretty open to fascist thought kind of subgroup. Um, and it's because of this sort of fetishization of naturalness Right. So these people are like, mm-hmm. they're anti-vax, they're anti-GMO, um, they are anti, like, they're worried about chemtrails and stuff. Like, they're, uh, they have this, like, really intense disgust and horror about, like, their bodies being contaminated. Right. Like, the wholesome farming yeah, and exactly. uh, Off the grid trad living, life bullshit. Yeah, IG, yeah. No, thank you. That kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, and like you hear all of those things and you you you're not exactly sure about like their stance on uh like trans people <laughs> or like race, right? Uh but it there are there yeah. are definitely uh 
subcultures of these like very crunchy off the grid people who also are Nazis. (laughs) Um, And it is a way of thinking that those who research the far right are definitely concerned about because the, the sort of more normal edges of it sound really appealing, healthy living, you know, uh, wholesome diets, getting to go outside a lot, like, you know, getting vitamin D from the sun, like, you know, touching dirt, like open green spaces, experiencing, uh, like the world, (laughs) you know, that's all really, really wonderful. And that is what you want for your life. Right. Um, and it's what you want for your children, very importantly. And, the problem is that like, if you join the wrong group, you will also start to hear about things like, you know, vaccines being dangerous or masks, just like collecting COVID and putting it back in you or whatever. Um, or uh, also like how much it's messing children up psychologically, not to have a father who works and a mother who stays home or, you know, mm. how, how confusing and painful it is for children to have parents who are different races. You know, like those ideas start oh, to come wow. in. That, that escalated <laughs> right, right there. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or two moms or two dads or... Uh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or have to read a book about somebody who's non-binary or, or, or right? Mm. So uh, it's this sort of obsession with purity as the as synonymous with health uh, that kind of allows you to walk right into fascist thinking if you're not careful. Yes. And that like, you know, can radicalize and appeal to liberals and leftish people, Mm -hmm. right. Who don't necessarily hear the subtext, don't necessarily hear the dog whistles. Like when I was much, much younger, if I was listening to say Obama talk about, you know, uh, people who grow up without fathers, I'm not going to hear exactly what else that is saying and to whom that is speaking. Right. I'm just going to be like, yeah, you know, it sucks not to grow up with your dad, but like, I don't fully understand that it is a right wing dog whistle, a racist one. Right. And also like who's separating those dads from their families. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, yeah, that, that is exactly it. And, and, you know, that's the whole basis of, of dog whistling and is, is to sort of get you nodding along until you don't realize that you're actually nodding along with something really heinous. Yeah. It's like how we talked about before the, it's okay to be white thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like for like, I mean, technically it's, it's okay to be white like that in itself is not the problem. Right. But there's an implicature there. Like I'm not, a, I'm not walking around saying it's not okay to be white. And so it doesn't make right. sense. It's not relevant for somebody to say it is okay to be white because they're not contradicting anything yes. that's been stated. Yes. They're, they're trying to imply that it's contradicting things that have been stated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they say that in the context of, you know, hearing about BLM and just so that whole thing becomes really gross. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When somebody says that white lives matter, you you understand from that 
grammatical parallelism that they're referencing and trying to negate something else. And so, yeah, yeah. But if you're a person who's never heard of the phrase Black Lives Matter or the movement of Black Lives Matter, then if you hear White Lives Matter, you might not notice that that's referring to something. And then you might go, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though in this day and age, honestly, if you're saying that, I am yeah. looking at you a little bit well, strangely. Right, like, because you're violating another conversational maxim there. You're You're asking a question that's well answered at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, you know, the whole men's rights thing. Yeah. You don't need right. more men's rights. And if someone is advocating for that, it is very odd. Right. And you don't need sex-based rights either. <laughs> because a right mm, that is yeah. based on what it says on your birth certificate is a discrimination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that's just a transphobic right. dog whistle, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, the reason why women's rights is a thing is because women didn't have the same rights that men did. It was just to get them to the the same rights. It wasn't to have special rights to, like, exclude other people, which is what the... Other people, That's what the sex-based rights movement is about, is trying to make rights that are specifically just for cisgender women to have, to exclude others. Yeah. Yeah, so... So that's fun I mean, (laughs) right-wingers... Yeah. <laughs> um, right-wingers rely a lot on that for people not to understand the context or on stripping the context of a lot of things and just like playing these word games, these semantic games um, to push their awful agendas. Yeah. Um, and and uh, then there's, there's the kind of online trolling behavior that we see a lot because we're very online, which is, yeah, those kinds of word games and the thought terminating cliches and the little gotcha mm. questions that, that uh, are not really questions. Um, oh yeah. There was this guy, the trigonometry guy. Oh God, just that name in name. itself should tell you what a silly, silly name. Yeah, what a baby. Uh, Constantin Kissin. I think he tweeted about, um, the idea that you have to agree with someone's views to be friends with them is one of the top three dumbest things that has become popular in my lifetime. The other two were Tamagotchis and when everyone did that stupid ice bucket challenge. Oh, so cute. Such a funny like, joke. <laughs> he knows that nobody is saying you have to agree with all my like musical tastes, every TV show that I like, all the pizza toppings that I like. Yeah. It is not about that. But you do have to agree with me that, like, my friend deserves human rights. Yes. Or myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, why would you want to be friends with someone that does not give you basic human dignity, does not consider you, you know, worthy of equality? Right. And, like, you know, if and when one of my children or both of my children have questions about their gender or sexuality like I'm not going to be friends with somebody who's gonna hurt them over that (laughs) like that's not that's not a difference of opinion that's like that's a safety issue (laughs) and uh yeah so I can I think I'm definitely within my rights to like filter people out on that basis yeah and I think they would too if it's according to their own values like the they aren't 
friendly with too many wokes. I can right. tell you that. Well, and, and they love to look at my hair and say, that's a warning to stay away. Like, okay, so what is that then? <laughs> if you're, if you're taking <laughs> right, right. my fashion choices as evidence that you should never talk to me or be near me, like, isn't that the same thing that you're talking about then? <laughs> But like, lucky you. I mean, if that is oh, working, yeah, that's the thing. Every time they post that, I'm like, yay, it works. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I don't really need yeah. you like bothering me while I'm out grocery shopping or whatever. So yeah, if the purple hair scares them, I mean, that yeah, is go doing ahead. more more than enough. Yes. Yeah, everyone should get purple hair. Then truly, if it if it works as a repellent, I think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> a right-wing repellent um but going back to that uh granola nazi thing michaela peterson like she's not exactly crunchy granola but she definitely comes at this with like from the health and beauty and wellness angle like i eat only sirloin steak or whatever she eats yeah. Uh, for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, no spices, no sauces. I mean, can you imagine living like oh that? Gosh, first of all, but... painful. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, she's very much about yeah. This is that purity, and um, yeah, the seed oil guys are the same, right? Like the ones who are like, you can't have seed oils because it makes you female or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, but well, wow. Or okay. like the soy boy insult about like, oh, yes, yeah, have too that, much soy in your diet. That one I... This, I forget what it is. Dr. Gaines, you might remember more about it. But uh, yeah, what, what seed oils are supposed to do to your body, but they somehow contaminate you and, and stop you from being the best macho man that you can be. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is this sort of like discussed about unhealthy anything that you think is unhealthy anything you think is a contaminant the obsession with like keeping stuff out of you that's gonna like weaken you right it's very easy to metaphorically extend that out to behaviors that are supposedly degenerate um types of people who are degenerate who should be excised from your society you know all of those things are pretty easily linked together rhetorically speaking yeah dr Gaines, did you have information about seed oil guys uh, the soy stuff i kind of do to the best of my knowledge it has something to do with phytoestrogens and the whole uh estrogen idea uh, oh so it is feminizing okay <laughs> allegedly but right no, it's, it's, it's nonsense, but yeah. Okay. So. so yeah, it's, it's along the same veins of like the soy boy thing. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> that is so hilarious. I mean, they're just so afraid of femininity. It's. it's yeah. It's yeah. And you know what? It shouldn't be surprising to me, but I guess still, because I used to, I guess, uh, chat with a lot more ex Muslims back in the day and, you know, the whole atheist scene, they were all, they were all about rationality and, um, you know, opposing, I guess, the Christian right. And, like, now they've come full circle to uh, holding hands with them and, uh, you know, joining them to oppose wokeness and LGBTQ people. And, 
immigrants and it's just horrendous so i was listening to i don't know if you know sarah hater mm-hmm. she is oh gosh she always used to pose as like the more moderate because there are like right. the more obviously extreme ex-muslims that are like um you know, uh, in the aftermath of a terrorist attack, uh, right. they would be like, well, you know, all Muslims deserve it or just like unhinged stuff like that. So she definitely was not like that. But there were moments where she would agree with some really unhinged statements like um, Islam is worse than Nazism or Judaism is worse than Nazism because they're religions. Right. right. And um now she's doing this podcast. I listened to just one episode of it. And they were like, you know, talking about trad wives in a good way. Like, um, what I forget. Oh, yeah. And Sarah Hayter's claim was that society is now, you know, suffering because of being like overly feminized. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a like an openly fashy and stupid, frankly, thing to say that it just doesn't like. Yeah doesn't gel with the whole i'm so rational image right but they're just saying it now it is kind of a mainstream opinion that people have um about yeah and and again this is like framing femininity as a contagion right like it's it's like a a tree rot it's like getting into our system and it's weakening it from the inside um and it's yeah it's truly based on nothing but misogyny um but it, there's a, a book, it's kind of an old book at this point, but I used to teach it and it's, it's called like boys don't do language. And it's all about why there's a difference in gender representation in like students who pursue foreign language learning. Um, and it, it, it's uh, an ethnographic study, really interview heavy. And like, that's something that, that people say is like, well, the school environment is, so feminized that like boys can't even survive Mm. in there anymore. Um, And this is from like the nineties, right? Like this is a discourse that's been going on forever. Yeah. They seem to be recycling a lot of talking points, but yeah, Yeah. that's what she was saying that institutions are like heavily feminized. Right. Just, I was was like, have you, have you stepped into a school (laughs) or whatever? Like it's still an extremely misogynist environment, right? Like girls are being right. Right. Oh, like hyper scrutinized for their clothing choices and their bodies and they're being treated as like monsters the way people talk about like girls and clicks and gossip and stuff and uh it's so hateful and then you get to uh high school and college and now you're a target for like sexual harassment um and uh, all kinds of just like ridiculous inhumane treatment that you know men would not stand for but it's not, you know, it's considered like just par for the course. Yeah. Yep. I mean, things are so misogynistic that even sometimes Michaela Peterson has to tell her dad, 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 back off. Like this is too much now. (laughs) Do you remember when he like, I think, what what did he do? He retweeted this, like, I forget what her name is, Pearl something. Oh yeah. She's like, she's going on about like how women don't deserve the vote or something ridiculous like that. Right. Mikhail's like, can you please, like, that's too far. There's always, you have to do the dance. Yeah, yeah, you can't just, yeah, 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 exactly. They don't like it when it's too obvious, some of these people, and 
not everyone's right. doing the dance at the same pace. So sometimes it makes some of them uncomfortable. This is why Sam Harris stepped away, even though yeah. he loves a lot of it. But, you know, when they get too obvious, he, he likes to step away and hand That's in right. his imaginary IDW card. And, yeah. uh, and you know, yeah. all of it is across the line to us, but there's clearly audiences there that are willing to go along with him for a while, at least. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you say women shouldn't have the vote, that's too much. But when you say women have smaller brains, that's just rational. Yeah. The, well, because that's yeah. science, right? That's yeah, objective. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yes. And anyone who doesn't understand that is... Well, they're probably Low, the small brain women. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What else? What else did we have to talk about? Oh, yeah. There was this uh, preschool in England that withdrew this, uh, I guess, LGBT-friendly book. I guess it was called, like, Grandpa's Pride? What was it called here? I'm looking at it. Whole Preschool Withdraws Book Showing Man in, quote, Leather Fetish Gear. Oh, yeah, that's, that's just, right. It's so stupid because, like, what preschool kid is going to have the context about yeah. what this is? It's just right. a drawing. And, and, you know, obviously conservatives aren't going to like this, but it is the kind of outfit that you might see at a pride celebration. And so exactly. The, like, if you're a little kid and you see that in a book and you've been to a pride celebration, you might just be like, oh, yeah, that's what they might wear at the parade. Like, that's their yeah. parade outfit. And you know what? You might understand it as a swimsuit or, like, you know, yeah. it, you don't know what fetish gear is. Or just so, a costume. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't and understand. That's, it's really hard to get worked up over those things that are, like, they're only sexual if you have some knowledge yeah right and like it's not like he's trying to get a little kid to like touch it you know <laughs> he's not like hey hey small child don't you love this do you want to touch it and think <laughs> yeah. about it and then I'm gonna enjoy <laughs> the fact that you're touching it and thinking about it no he's just wearing it because it's what he wears to pride and then like children are also there right like there's there's a difference between trying to involve somebody in your fetish and just like being a person in the world doing a yes. celebration Exactly. And so, as you were saying, if they go to Pride, they might see, like, an yeah. outfit, but that doesn't mean anything to them. It's, you I, know? Yeah. I went to San Francisco Pride as a little kid, and uh, I, as far as I know, it did not traumatize me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no. And people were fully naked. Yeah. Like, there there were streakers and things, and... and yeah, was, I mean, and you don't have nobody is like making people take their kids to this no event. Do you know the so. the only thing I really remember from going to Pride as a little kid is that there were some people that were dressed like salmon, and they were going the opposite direction of the <laughs> parade because they were salmon swimming upstream. And right, that was right. So funny to me, and it's still so funny. <laughs> and it that's all I funny. really remember from Pride. <laughs> I mean, they do have some great costumes, and they're <laughs> handing out beads, and there's all kinds of things oh, yeah. to see. So it's totally it's it's fun. Parades are don't good take your kids if you parades. don't want to. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, do not go. But um, you know, I wrote this book uh, along. I think it was like nine years ago. That's still like having 
this well, wrote and illustrated this children's picture book called My Chacha is Gay, which means my uncle is gay mm-hmm. in Urdu. And it's about like a little kid in Pakistan and uh, his uncle is gay and he just doesn't understand why, like, you know, people are mean to his uncle. There's nothing sexual about it. There's no mention of religion. But because it's set in Pakistan, it has um, it, it like nine years later, I still get like people sending me videos like from protests in England and like. People are mad, 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 mad. <laughs> and, you know, this uh, cousin of mine who I am good friends with, I sent her a copy for her kid so she knows the book and she likes yeah. the book. And um, uh, like so, uh, someone that she knows in the UK, like messaged her warning about this evil book that is trying to like turn kids gay. And she's like, I had to kind of like bite my tongue because I didn't want to say that I know it because that would cause controversy. <laughs> so I just, and I'm thinking to myself, like it absolutely is not trying to turn kids gay. There's, there's nothing right. like that in there. And so that's just how dishonestly things are portrayed. Right. Even in this book yeah. that the whole preschool has had to pull now because of complaints, there was someone talking about how in one of the pictures, there's a box of dog toys, I think up on the shelf. And someone's like, this is a nod to like rubber, uh, sex like puppy play and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> if you just look at the picture, it's it's really not. It just says a box like toys on it, like the oh dog's name and toys, and there's like one like obvious dog toy hanging out. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And they think well, the things that they read into that, it. Uh, this is that contagion framing again, right? Like if there's even a hint of anything to do with gay stuff or sex stuff, it's going to get into your children and it's going to gnaw at them from the inside and it's going to ruin them. Right. Like that, that is the same exact way of thinking. Um, And it's why you can think so differently about like your female teacher saying, my husband is going to drop off my lunch because I forgot it today. Or your male teacher saying my husband is going to drop off my lunch because I forgot a day, right? In one case, it's just like a normal thing that happens. And in yeah. the other case, it's like indoctrination into yeah, gay yeah. stuff. And it's because you have your unmarked, like pure way of being, which is your strict cis heteronormative white society. And mm-hmm. then you have all the other stuff and all that other stuff is contagion. And if it touches mm. you, it will ruin you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind how many like mommy and daddy relationships are portrayed in books or right. Disney cartoons, no. like prince because and princesses kissing. Yep, that's all very. Pure. I mean that that the, the kissing could be interpreted as sexual too. So, but that's no, okay because it's pure. <laughs> it's healthy right, right. and normal, whereas that other stuff is deviant. Right, whether they're kissing or not. Right. And so it it becomes really easy for people to feel comfortable with the idea of rooting out and destroying what is deviant and what is degenerate. Because Mm -hmm. if you think of it like a germ, even a little bit could take you down. Mm. Yeah, it's really quite, quite scary. Mm -hmm. And And that's uh, why we have to do as much of it as possible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right just be as gay as you can be as gay <laughs> degenerate be feminist versus yeah <laughs> yeah non-white yeah as possible Hang out with people who aren't like you yeah yeah just do it scare them away i mean that's right 
contaminate them. <laughs> oh God, Somebody was gonna, like, oh. somebody's going to clip this and say that, uh, know. you know, yeah. So somebody was mad about gender. It was a TikTok, and it was a lady who was like, "If you're allowed to talk to my kids about gender, then I should be allowed to talk to your kids about Jesus." Ugh, and then, no, I know, I know. <laughs> and then somebody commented like, "Don't worry, those degenerates are not having kids anyway." And I just commented like, "Yes, I am," and they're going to teach your kids about gender. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> some of us woke degenerates are having kids. Sorry to tell you some like spooky halloween costumes where like you can dress as gender, <laughs> gender. dress as fem dress as feminism dress as diversity i mean yep. they would be so scared yeah well and that's the like umberto echo thing of like they have to be so scared of us but also so yeah. powerful yes yes right? yes we're, we are yeah. weak and we're ineffectual and effeminate but we're also very scary yes the soy boy cocks are extremely scary. Mm -hmm. We have to be on high alert at all times and ready to fight them. Yes. And of course, who helps this bullshit along? It's centrists. That's right. Because they're doing I the mean, same thing. The woke mob is trying yeah. to cancel me, but I'll be okay. But they're coming for me. But I'm in a good position. Yes. Yes. And of course, I'm just a centrist. I'm not right wing. Yeah. No, I but do not buy into either of the sides. <laughs> right i'm as progressive as they come but richard hanania makes some good points here like exactly. what are you doing yeah that is exactly just like sort of greasing the slide towards fascism mm. yes yes exactly do not say merge i'm gonna say merge no you cannot <laughs> say, say merge. <laughs> <laughs> that word is not allowed who's gonna yell at me if i say merge it's fine i'll say it they're merging oh. <laughs> oh no <laughs> what what was he that said he's gonna yell at me <laughs> oh for merging for the word merging yeah. it's a very rude and offensive word for some people who are totally yeah. progressive but it's a polite merging they're doing zipper formation they're using their blinkers <laughs> and that's what matters uh i mean i saw this person tweeting about how uh the lgbt Q advocacy organization GLAD is like aggressive mm -hmm. and uh, it was for nothing. I think that someone said that when they were trying to do a story, they called them and they just said that, well, don't interview this person or this person because they're pretty transphobic. And it was that was Martina the Navratilova they didn't want for a, a trans woman in sports. Story. Okay. Yeah. So. That was aggressive, but, like, when they both sides this stuff, it drives me nuts because what is happening on the other side there? Right. There was just a shooting uh, because a shop owner had a pride flag displayed. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, bomb they're threats to bomb uh, threats to hospitals. And a library in Davis, which is where I went to grad school. So I was like, I know that library. I was very upset. Um uh, and that was after Riley Gaines, I think, had tweeted out, like, their phone number. And and then they got a bomb threat. And so, and then Riley Gaines was like, how dare you say that I might be responsible for that bomb threat? And it's like, you, you posted their phone number. What do you want? Yeah. Um, anyway, but That's yeah. That's the was, uh, um, swimmer, right? Riley Gaines? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
it was Kevin Drum who said, Glad's aggressiveness is fairly typical of trans activists, isn't it? And then um, Chris Geidner from Law Dork said, like, how can you pretend that you're anything other than an anti-trans activist if three days after a federal appeals court said a state could make it a felony to give trans 18-year-olds medical care and then say trans activists are aggressive? Like, how can you say that you're not a trans activist? And he said, that's fucking disgusting. And then Kevin Drum came back and was like, you're an example of how aggressive <laughs> trans activists are. Look at the tweet you just wrote. And it's like, okay, so we're criminalizing being trans. We're doing bomb threats. We're shooting people. We're banning literature about them. Uh, and then I wrote a tweet where I said you were anti-trans. And those are the same amount of aggressiveness. Or actually, yeah. I'm worse, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're not polite about it. Yeah. He said, disgustingly assuming I must be an anti-trans activist just for taking issue with GLAD. <laughs> it's amazing, really. Um, centrist or something else. Someday I'm going to open that can of worms and do an episode about it. But uh, I don't know when I'll have the energy for that. Because I can picture how exhausting it is going to be dealing with all the angry centrists afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. There was a really funny tweet. This is not your. This is not our typical IDW type of right winger, but this is like a Christian nationalist who tweeted, um, "My wife and I removed all clocks from our home. I have one watch that I wear, so I can continue to tell time. So, she so she can me ask the time me, and I'll tell her, right? Yeah, so she can ask me the time whenever. <laughs> but it grows her reliance on me." as the head oh and the husband to keep her and the family in order. I mean, that is some <laughs> handmaid's tale ass shit. Like what? Seriously? Are like that is so fucking sick. Like, how do you even come up with that? Let me remove all the clocks so that she has no concept of what time it is. And then her reliance on me grows. So because I am right. the only time telling machine in the home. Is he like a pastor? Is he leading a congregation with this stuff? Let's see. He is Gary M. Parcel, theologian, husband. A theologian. Uh, oh, father of four, host of Men Must Lead podcast, author of Priest and Leader. And I mean, he writes he's like biblical one... patriarchy. Yeah, perfect. Love that for us. He's like one step away from like women shouldn't be literate. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Just don't. And then someone said, what about calendars? Like totally trolling the guy. Like, is that okay for women? And he's like, don't be ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. As a quote, keeper of the home. My wife is responsible for planning the week meals, mentoring women in the church, etc. A calendar is crucial to that. Yeah, so is a clock. You need to know if it's lunchtime or not. (laughs) You need to know if it's almost time for school. (laughs) No, she has to ask him. But don't take her calendar away. Can she drive? Does she? Could she? I mean, you're assuming a lot here. You're assuming a lot. As the keeper of the home, should she not be like taking people to like dance lessons or whatever? Um, 
I mean, then, I don't know. Giving her a car is like too much freedom. That's a don't lot. You think? Yeah. That's a lot. If she can't have a clock, she can't have a fucking car that can take her yeah. anywhere. If she can't walk to it, she shouldn't be going there. Yes. Even <laughs> Steven Crowder knows that. Right. Yeah. You got to control the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, Saudi mullahs. They did not allow women to drive till just recently. And, uh, what you know, they nightmarish th- existence. Just they just, are unwoke, Caitlin. Truly yeah, unwoke. That's right. They that, have not been infected. That's right. And they're doing everything they can to stay pure and stay safe from the contagion. For exactly. example, making their wives be Brie Larson in Room. What? What's that? <laughs> the movie. I room. don't know Did that. See that? Oh god. No, no, no. I'm oh, actually about a, so bad a with pop culture references. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. It's about a woman who is kidnapped and she is being kept in like a garden shed, and she has a, a child in there, and the child only knows room. Oh. Like the room is the world. Oh gosh, that's horrifying. I think that's a, isn't that like based on a true story? Because I've heard of that story before. Well, it's a novel. I don't know if it's based on something that really happened, but I I don't know. Maybe. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that is true unwokeness. Though. That is like, what they would go. love. Yeah. I mean, then, we that, already have we already have people like Andrew Tate saying how like Christians are now just infected by the wokeness. The church is infected. You know who is a real strong and masculine God? It's the Islamic God. This is why we're seeing conversions in the manosphere. Right. Yeah, oh. a real manly God. Yeah, the one with the rippling muscles that you could admire. <laughs> Um, and because we cannot depict God in Islam because of your unblemished record of heterosexuality you don't have to worry about (laughs) sexy people getting to you oh my gosh (laughs) can I as the resident Dutch person tell you about the PVV politician who who actually took the time to read the Quran and then converted to Islam. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, that I thought that happened in Germany, but did that happen in Yeah, I, I'll have to Google his name to uh, just a moment. Joram van Klaveren was used to be a PVV uh, member of parliament and then converted to Islam. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, good for him. Really unwoke. Did I ever tell you that I passed my um, driver's license exam because of wokeness? Um, really? Do yeah. Tell. The person who was supposed to be testing me um, while we were driving, he got into like an anti-Islam tirade. Uh, it, all about what? how like it's it's an evil religion and they celebrate violence and they they think it's okay to like kill white people or whatever and and i just was like so this is while you're doing an like, this is a while i'm test? trying to drive in downtown phoenix like proving that i know how to drive so oh um, so this is like a lesson not the actual no test. no this was this was my test <laughs> oh um, fuck. But, yeah uh and and so i told him i was like well i i've read the quran and it doesn't say that stuff have you read it and he was like well no and i was like don't you think it's a little bit ridiculous to be like making those claims about people that you don't actually know about and he was like well anyway just drive and like i definitely did not drive well enough to pass <laughs> you were just afraid that you're gonna but complain he gave me the pass yeah <laughs> 
So that's uh, amazing. Anyway, if you see me on the road, steer clear because I'm not qualified. <laughs> I, I passed my driver's test really just get it getting past like after i done finishing driving the tests i was asked to leave the car so that the examiner could talk with my instructor on whether or not he thought i had passed because i had so only barely made it <laughs> oh wow they had to confer about it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I also recently um, passed my final test, uh, which was uh, such a fucking nightmare. In Ontario, you have to do like three tests. There's a written one, and then there's a first driven one, and then there's a second one where you drive on the highway too, and it's just awful. Like, growing up in Saudi, uh, you know, obviously women were not allowed to drive, so that is the true unwoke uh, condition. Right. And... uh, but then when I came to Canada, I was like, you know, well, I guess that was that was a long time ago that I came, but I never cared about driving till recently and having a kid, you really kind of need to sometimes. So then I had to get my license and uh, I did not have an easy time because of wokeness, let me tell you. I'm so sorry. <sighs> yeah. Well, as the resident Dutch person again, I have to... Uh, brag about not having driven a car since 2016. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I, I live in this horrifying world in which I can live in a 15-minute city where like shops and a train station and uh, everything I need is within 15 minutes of me uh, or more or less or or, or maybe half an hour but if I drive my bike, if I need to go to the dentist or something. <laughs> right. But then wow. you also what have Gert, you also have Gert Wilders. So trade off there. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's so crazy right now in Dutch politics. I don't know how much info dumping is welcome on that here because you sort of have to you don't have a frame of reference, so you sort of have yeah. to trust me for not sit not talking bullshit but uh <laughs> give us a quick uh, uh summary well recently well he's been in parliament since 2003 but in recent years has grown to be our lord and savior reliever of all that is burdensome about governance peter omtzigt um Recently announced he's running as an independent with his own party after he split from the Christian Democrats and is now polling at 31 seats. His most sympathetic side is that he was one of the first members of parliament to recognize the benefits scandal. Uh, the benefits scandal is where uh, the tax offices were found to be extremely racist by by constantly going after people with a migrant background when it came to child care subsidies. Are you Um, saying that uh, Gert Wilders was one of the first people to recognize that? No, Peter Omtzigt, the new new guy in town who is... The new guy in town who has been in parliament since 2003 as a member of the Christian Democrat Party. 
Okay, um, but he's also uh, he's also a fascist. Is that what you're saying? Or he's he's far more right wing than maybe people realize. I did want to introduce him with why people might be very charmed with him and not fully realizing just how right wing he is, and move to maybe. I don't know how much time I. I'm already going into way too many details because I like details so much. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm going to do like a, a series eventually that's going to do like covering like the far right globally and we'll focus on one place at a time. So maybe you can recommend like some uh, speakers and we can cover the Dutch far right in detail. Oh, that is good. Yeah, it is a transnational movement, right? It needs to be it, yeah. understood. And it's yes. so in sync. In Pakistan, all yes. the, lately, all the transphobic talking points are just like exactly yes. the same. I can read you a newspaper clipping from earlier today, if I can translate it uh, as well, from our very right-wing newspaper, The Telegraaf, which, yes, is The Telegraph in Dutch. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, they're so right-wing that they were banned from publication from 1945 to 49 because they'd been a bit too fashy during the war. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, they're also the publisher of the comic, the columns of Weird Duck, the most racist colonist of the Netherlands. Um, so this is from today. That's all from their America correspondent. So allow me to do a Google Translate of that real quick for my own ease. The harshness of reality divides people. American cities governed by black Democrat mayors <laughs> see, wow. are seeing serious declines. There are fentanyl drug-fed zombies in the streets. Migrants are overrunning the shelters and crime is thriving. As a contributing factor, the Black Lives Matters protests decline in I'm sorry. You're translating in real time. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which, which has had as a contributing factor, there is fewer police after the Black Lives Matter processes. Just like death um, metal thugs from Antifa get free reign. Just like thieves who can lawlessly uh, plunder shops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry, where did this come from? This is from is the, the far right newspaper. <laughs> yes. More and more citizens are arming themselves and forming militia, and even forming militia. The fear is growing, just like hate. I mean, um, yeah, this is like word for word what the right wing is saying here about it about the situation right? yeah. they're lying about the um police defunding they're lying they're they're taking the sort of shops lies about the shoplifting and and looting 
pandemic that's supposedly happening. It's not. Um, and, uh, and blaming black mayors, right. Or, and, and Democrat mayors who are absolutely doing nothing to defund police at all, but you know, they'll just say that they are so they can invent a crisis. Yeah. But like, like my level of English aptitude is like above a, 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 a couple of notches above average for a Dutch person, but mm-hmm. like in, it's not uncommon for Dutch people to be able to at least at a conversational level use English. Yeah. Um, so there's also just so much overlap in how the online lives in the English sphere that native speakers have as Dutch people have. Right. have. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, like Jordan Peterson sold out the large, one of the largest event spaces here in Rotterdam. Oh my god! Which isn't far from where I lived. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, people are kind of consuming that same rhetoric on an international scale and so it, it is a, a transnational movement in that sense that they're just sharing these uh, ideas back and forth and, and almost workshopping them together. <laughs> Yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> depressing as fuck. Yeah, um, it's it's generous of you to not remark on how weird the name Weird Duck is for columnists. Um, his name is a bit weird because his his first name Weird is Frisian. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. spelled the same way. Oh, it's, he's Frisian on his mother's side. That's the minority language here in the Netherlands. What a fun name <laughs> yeah, Frisians, they kind of peculiar names. They're also in the habit of like naming their son the same masculine name as the patronym of their family name. So then like, like Eise, Eisinga, short, so, oh, short, yeah. So like you end up All right, with a bunch uh, of like Patrick Patricksons out there. <laughs> similar, yes. <laughs> All right, it, if we can move on to the next point. Um, I just, yeah, I, I want people to come away with kind of the interest in taking a critical eye towards framing and discourse that's about contamination and invasion. Um, and, uh, and, you know, everybody's kind of prone to that because it is a little bit natural to be worried about illness and contamination and, um, you know, the those kinds of things are dangers. And so you can become worried about one thing and then not notice when you're being convinced to be worried about something that's not worth worrying about. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I live in a place where there's like a lot of sort of crunchy attitudes and that's great. And I love, uh, you know, organic foods as much as the next gal. But uh, I do worry about the vaccination status of the people around me. And I worry about, you know, the the willingness to mix with people who are not like yourself and, you know, whether or not that kind of insularity is uh, is asserting itself in my communities. Um, And so it's good to kind of tune your brain to be looking for that kind of talk. Yeah, absolutely. And just for maybe the non-North Americans, I don't know how popular the term crunchy or right. granola is. <laughs> Can you just explain yeah, it's, what, it's sort what of, you're referring to? It refers to kind of a cluster of aesthetics that are related to things like hippies and natural interest in, in natural things 
and health food and maybe um, things like, you know, uh, yoga and spiritual practices uh, and being outside and just kind of like a focus on the natural, right? Um, and so what, what we call crunchy granola is, is usually that. And like you can have a kind of crunchy person who's like very functional and doesn't think along those conspiratorial and, and hateful lines. And you can have crunchy people who do think along those lines. And so you, you have to watch out uh, always just, just uh, use a critical ear. Yeah, absolutely. Then we'll start wrapping up. Yeah, my my husband does allow me to have a clock, so I know that it's getting close to lunchtime <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> of course, now you have to go and be yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for starting earlier. Now it's only after dinner time okay. instead of after midnight here. <laughs> oh yeah, time differences yeah, are hard. No, um, I was hard, uh, yeah. I was on a research team where it was like a couple of us on the west coast of the U.S. and a couple of people um, in the east, and then one person in Thailand, <laughs> and we had to like figure out meeting times, and it, it was very hard, but we did do it. Yeah, yeah, I've had uh, episodes with like people in Japan and Australia, and those are very hard because like even the days are like not lining up and so yeah it's complicated australia's tough the because language people uh that podcast there some of them are in australia so we have to work with that (laughs) Mm. yeah all right so i guess if nobody else has anything to say then uh we can start wrapping up thank you so much caitlin for for joining me for this conversation we always have a whole bunch of laughs it's so fun <laughs> talking to you this is this is why you're my favorite linguist yay oh that means so much and my favorite caitlin oh wow that is high praise there's some good caitlin's mm-hmm. out there there's some bad caitlin's out there but there's some good ones <laughs> <laughs> no i know but the only caitlin i know is is meh so yeah <laughs> Great. i mean not you Great i mean the me. only caitlin i know other than you yeah right but I only, that's a low yeah. bar to clear. Meh, I can do that. <laughs> no, but you're definitely way, way above meh. Oh, stop. Oh, keep going, but stop. <laughs> have you have you ever heard such a great compliment? You're so yeah. much better than meh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish that my <laughs> husband had put that in my in his vows. <laughs> in the vows. Yeah, it would have had me weeping. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I can give him some tips next time. Yeah, for the if you're, re- if you're renewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we've covered a bunch of uh, right-wing bullshit. The The one thing that we didn't actually go into detail on that I just wanted to touch upon that you did mention mm-hmm. was the um, track record of pristine heterosexuality or something. <gasps> that was so, what so a phrase. funny. What a wonderful phrase yeah. to hear. Just, the uh, Fox News host, was it? I think so, Jamie, yeah. Jeremy? Jamie? Something? Waters? Yeah, Waters. Uh, what did he say? Yeah. What did he say? He was complimenting My unblemished, Trump, Yeah. Unblemished record of heterosexuality. <laughs> he said, he looks good. Yeah. He looks and hard. And I can say that 
That is the most long-winded way to say no homo that I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And it is so embarrassing to have an unblemished record of heterosexuality. Like that is, that is really shameful. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And he's just coming out and saying it. Yeah. All right, buddy. But, um, yeah. Trump looking hard. I don't know. That's, a strange oh. thing to say. He was giving like um, a, a Zoolander kind of a thing. I feel like he was really trying to work the camera, and I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> take care, everyone, and uh, we shall meet and chat again. And if you're just joining at the end, not to worry. This has been recorded, so you can listen to it after it is done. And, uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Caitlin. And goodbye. Thanks. Bye.